0: It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather, and he who controls the weather will control
1: the world. Converging threats continue to close in from every direction. How much longer do we have until impact? In this broadcast, extremely alarming excerpts From an interview with a climate engineering insider, his warnings could not be more dire. Stay tuned. For those that have their eyes on the wider horizon, each passing day in the planetary asylum is more arduous and disturbing than the last. For my own part, I can scarcely remember what my life was like over 20 years ago before I started this long and seemingly endless trek to try to sound the alarm, to pull back the curtain. The constant parade of power structure, distract and divide propaganda that's being pumped out by mainstream media talking heads is mind numbing. I force myself to listen to it so I know it's being dished up to populations. Question How many continue to feed from the mainstream media trough of total disinformation? How many? You're listening to the non political, completely commercial free Global Alert News Hour. The Bad News Broadcast brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org. Our only goal is to pull back the curtain and expose the foundational issues and threats on which our collective futures most completely depend. To put it bluntly, in earlier times, it was easier to control one million people than to physically kill one million people. Today, it is infinitely easier to kill one million people than to control one million people. That was a direct quote. It's not my statement. It is a direct quote from Zygmunt Brzezinski, who served as a counselor to President Lyndon B. Johnson. What a pair to have in power. President Johnson, who stated on film and on the record, quote, He who controls the weather controls the world. And again, Brzezinski, who said, quote, Today it is infinitely easier to kill one million people than to control. 1 million people, end quote. Brzezinski remained involved in governmental behind-the-scenes circles serving administrations of both manufactured political parties until his death in 2017. Now consider that also in 2017, Dr. Anthony Fauci publicly stated on film and on the record that there, quote, will be a surprise pandemic during this presidency. Fauci didn't say that there could be a surprise pandemic. He didn't say that there may be a surprise pandemic. He didn't say that there might be a surprise pandemic. He said there will be a surprise pandemic. Connect the dots. For the few that want and value the truth, no matter how unwanted or shocking the truth may be, here is the truth. The vast majority of Americans still don't want the truth. They still want to be lied to about the true origins of CB-19, about so-called safe and effective vaccines And the vaccine companies that have total legal immunity from any and all injury and or mortality their creations cause. About the ongoing climate intervention operations, a.k.a. weather warfare. About the unfolding and accelerating abrupt collapse of Earth's life support systems. About what really happened on 9-11. About what the U.S. military has historically been used for. A paid mercenary force tasked with securing global resources for the empire. History is written by the victor, as the proverb goes. The list goes on and on. Too many Americans are not interested in the truth. Too many still want to cling to controller-crafted lies and the grand facade until the brutal, bitter end. And if we remain on the current course, that moment draws perilously near. What do we continue to hear from the mainstream media talking heads, TV and radio? We hear the various versions of scripted political theater, tailored to divide and distract specific listenerships. And in the commercial breaks, a bombardment of big pharma commercials, often to do with respiratory problems. I wonder why. Along with an endless list of infomercials for consumer throwaway products or ads for new cars with nothing down, no interest, and no payments for six months. No problem. Just keep using your homes for ATM machines, thanks to the near-zero interest rates and the Ponzi scheme stock market. Whatever it takes to keep the House of Cards standing for slightly longer, that's what those in power are orchestrating, as the planet's life support systems collapse on every front, with climate intervention operations further fueling the decimation. We are truly living in a full-blown asylum at this point. Are other first world populations more awake than Americans? No, it doesn't seem so. We hear from many of them. They're enduring the same sort of epidemic denial, Stockholm syndrome, normalcy bias that awakened American citizens are enduring from so many that, again, don't want to know the truth. And about third world populations, they're busy just trying to survive for another day as global food supplies continue to dwindle toward total collapse. Anthony Fauci tells us, trust the science. Mr. Fauci, are you referring to the fascism-funded science, the kind that constantly changes to suit the whims and agendas of the ultimate controllers, i.e., those who print the money? Consider this on target perspective from bjm.com. Politicization of science was enthusiastically deployed by some of history's worst autocrats and dictators, and it is now regrettably commonplace in so-called democracies. The medical-political complex Tends towards suppression of science to aggrandize and enrich those in power. And as the powerful become more successful and richer and further intoxicated with power, the inconvenient truths of science are suppressed. When good science is suppressed, people die. If the current power structure protocols that are being pushed on populations all over the globe don't meet the biblical definition of, quote, the mark of the beast, then what does? How many spiritual institutions are willing to honestly examine all available data and arrive at such a conclusion, let alone to acknowledge it publicly? Answer none that want to keep their 501c3 nonprofit meal ticket from Big Brother. Spiritual institutions and big government scratching each other's back in what amounts to racketeering on a level that poses an existential threat to the human race and all life on Earth. And about the 501c3 nonprofit status that's silencing so called spiritual institutions, the nonprofit status is the same golden cow that keeps the so called environmental organizations towing the line for the criminal cabal known as the government. And it's not just our government, of course. The governments of nations all over the world are absolutely pushing the same carefully crafted narratives and policies on the core issues confronting societies. CV19 and climate intervention operations are central to this equation. But there are, or were, a handful of governments that were not towing the line. A reminder of this recent report, five presidents who opposed COVID vaccines have conveniently died and been replaced by pro-vax officials. Should that headline report come as any surprise? From that report, the presidents of Burundi, Swaziland, Estuatini, Tanzania, Ivory Coast, and Haiti all opposed the mainstream narrative on CV-19 and pushed back against the vaccine protocols. The report then states they have all died. Coincidences always seem to favor the globalists. In regard to the global climate intervention operations, the only country to openly complain about the ongoing weather warfare on the floor of the UN is Iran. Iran. With this in mind, does it come as any surprise that Iran is so consistently demonized by Western powers? Iran, a country that has invaded exactly no one for over 200 years. Something to consider. And no, that's not an endorsement of their government or their policies. It is simply a statement of fact, a fact that very few Americans have any idea about. And here's one more fact of record before I move on. In less than half that time, less than 100 years... The United States has invaded, destabilized, and or occupied nearly a hundred countries in pursuit of resources. Who's in whose country bombing who? This message to Americans that consider themselves patriotic. True patriotism starts with examining the full truth, the unspun truth. On that note, Let's press on with the effort to pull back the curtain and expose the insanity. First, a few breaking frontline reports, then excerpts from an interview with a geoengineering insider, information that paints a picture so dark, most will be unwilling to face it until the moment of impact. First, breaking reports on biosphere collapse, followed by breaking reports on the power structure's response to Earth's imploding life support systems, starting with CV19. From LifeScience.com, this headline from last week ignoring climate change will yield, quote, untold suffering. That's from a panel of 14,000 scientists. That is their warning. They then state a few big climate policies could change everything, but then they say we have to act fast. What do you think they're referring to? They're referring to climate engineering operations in many cases as if. These operations haven't already been deployed for over 75 years, being used as a covert weapon of war with cataclysmic results around the globe, consequences that may be total if we remain in the current course. In regard to the subject of climate engineering operations, aka geoengineering operations, solar radiation management, stratospheric aerosol injection, aka weather warfare, to our newest listeners, I gave a summary of the building blocks of climate engineering in last week's broadcast. And you can certainly find much more detail at geoengineeringwatch.org. Bottom line, geoengineering is man's attempt to play God with the planet's life support systems. On that note, let's rewind to this headline from 2019. It needs to be remembered. Here's the headline, U.S. and Saudi Arabia blocking regulation of geoengineering, sources say. For that report, delegates at the U.N. Environmental Assembly say the oil producers are protecting their industries. The United States and Saudi Arabia have hamstrung global efforts to scrutinize climate geoengineering in order to benefit their hydrocarbon fuel industries, according to multiple sources at the United Nations Environmental Assembly. Should this be any surprise at all? Such superpowers are strong-arming other nations into ignoring what's happening in our skies so they can keep business as usual a little bit longer until the last possible moment, until we hit the wall at full velocity. That's exactly what's occurring. Headlines on environmental collapse, again, climate engineering further fueling the fire. It's important to remember this equation is not a this or that equation. It's not just this or just that affecting the climate. Any human activity that affects the energy balance of the planet or the planet's life support systems is a problem. But climate engineering, because of the global scale of these operations, is the single most disruptive human activity of all, the single most environmentally destructive human activity of all. On that note more headlines pacific northwest in the grips of yet another heat wave as the drought worsens the climate engineers can cut off the flow of precipitation to western north america for as long as they want they can keep installing the high pressure heat domes ionosphere created high pressure heat domes downward pushing air that rotates upper level wind currents around that heat dome they're pushing cooler air and moisture into alaska keeping part of alaska Cooler, part of the Arctic cooler, a desperate attempt to hide the implosion of Arctic ice, and in the course of doing so, incinerating permanently, for all practical purposes, it is permanent, these forests are not coming back, parts of the planet's remaining life support systems in the U.S. West and other regions around the globe. Climate engineering is the single greatest causal factor of the epic wildfires. Please search the engineering wildfire section at geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. Another headline from last week, Pacific Northwest Heat Dome and the Role of Climate Change. Again, the bought and paid for so-called climate science community trying to pretend that many of these weather anomalies are just simply the consequences of other forms of anthropogenic activity on the planet and omitting completely the climate engineering elephant in the equation. Another headline from last week related, more fires igniting in the U.S. West. As geoengineeringwatch.org stated as far back as January, midwinter, that the climate engineers were setting the template for more epic fires in the U.S. West and other regions around the globe. Again, cutting off precipitation, drying out the forests, and then the installation of high-pressure heat domes which siphon all remaining moisture out of the forest, out of the soils. And the source of ignition for these fires is a completely separate subject. What is most imperative to remember is what is the core causal factor that is establishing these conditions in the first place. And that factor is absolutely climate engineering. We can speculate on the agendas and objectives being carried out by These operations by their cutting off of precipitation, but the fact that these operations are core to what is occurring is beyond dispute. Satellite imagery conclusively reveals ongoing aerosol operations completely disrupting the flow of moisture in the eastern Pacific as it heads toward the U.S. West Coast and completely diverting it around the West Coast. Search the engineering drought section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to find volumes of data to further elaborate on this subject. Another headline, in my backyard in Northern California. This headline from last week, Beyond Extreme, Dixie Fire Explodes in Lassen County, California. Spoke to a fire official that had just been relieved from that fire, and he was very distraught, stating that he had never, ever seen fire behavior like that in his entire career. And he seemed perplexed at what he was missing from the equation. I gave him an abundance of our 20-page fact and photo summary booklets. He seemed to connect the dots as I was doing so, that that was the missing piece of the puzzle. We need to plant that kind of seeds. We need to reach a critical mass of awareness so that the firemen understand what factor they're not being told about in the equation. And it's difficult to get this information across because understand that those who print the money control the entire narrative from the top down. They're the ones that fund all of these organizations ultimately. They control the paychecks and the pensions. And it's very difficult to get anyone... To look at an issue when their paycheck and pensions depend on them not looking at it, not acknowledging it, not admitting to it, but ultimately the paychecks and pensions won't mean anything as the ship goes down, as the planet's life support systems completely fail. It's up to all of us to do our part now while it can still make a difference, while it can still matter. I personally have spent my entire SEP IRA retirement account on this battle because I will not need it with the future that we are about to hit at terminal velocity. Another headline from last week, same theme. Multiple heat domes are forming across the northern hemisphere. The climate engineers can place these heat domes wherever they want, which rotates, again, the air currents in the northern hemisphere clockwise around these heat domes, which rotates the moisture with it. They can steer that moisture wherever they want, do with it whatever they want, creating drought and deluge scenarios wherever they want. They control the spigot. Another headline from last week. Dangerous British Columbia air quality is among the worst on the planet. Imagine that in British Columbia. And the smoke is a key part of this equation. I'll get to more of that in a minute. But it's a key part of the climate engineering agenda. From this report, high pressure, again, high pressure heat domes along the Pacific coast and the prairies are working together. Just nature, I'm sure, working together against us, right? Wrong climate engineering. They're working together, the high-pressure heat domes, to sandwich the low-level smoke over British Columbia. An upper-level ridge is making the situation worse by preventing the smoke from rising and diverting the jet stream. All of this, as difficult as it may be to believe, has the hand of climate engineering on it. The weaponization of nature. The crown jewel weapon of the military industrial complex. Again, a weapon with which they can bring populations to their knees without those populations ever even knowing they were under assault. Another headline from last week Europe fries in heatwave made more intense by climate change. Climate engineering should be the term installed in that headline. The climate engineering subject that no one within academic circles has yet shown the courage to address. And I plead with those in academia, please band together and stand up so that you can tell the truth while I can yet make a difference. We are rapidly running out of time. If you don't tell the truth now, then when? Question, was this recent European heat wave anomalous? Not at all. Let's rewind a month. Here's a headline from last month, just over 30 days ago. Records crumble in Europe, Russia as well, amid scorching heat wave. On and on and on, just like in Northern California. The scheduled weather so-called forecasts generally show a cool down Somewhere off on the horizon for Northern California, but the cool down never comes. And the cool down means temperatures dropping to only five or 10 degrees above average. And average is no longer the historical baseline average because the average is constantly moving up as an ever more recent bracket of temperatures are utilized as quote average. That bracket goes higher and higher and higher. Raising the bar, masking the true severity of planetary meltdown from the population, and that is the goal. That's part of climate engineering and, for example, the engineered cool-down events with chemical ice nucleating operations, including graphene, the toxic element that now appears to be utilized in the chemical ice nucleating seeding operations. Please search the engineering winter section at GeoengineWatch.org to learn about how climate engineers can seed cloud moisture with chemical ice nucleating elements to create a cold dense layer of air that descends to the surface. Those regions are then sensationalized with media to confuse and divide the population as to the true state of planetary meltdown. What do we see across the board in temperature readings that we monitor? We see a radical underreporting of official high temperatures, often a four and five degree underreporting. And if that's occurring across the board, that means, again, we are well past three and a half degrees C of warming over baseline right now. We are in completely uncharted territory. And what people don't understand, they've been trained and programmed not to understand. This is a completely non-linear equation. You can't look backward at a graph of temperatures and think that somehow that has any relevance moving forward. It has no relevance whatsoever. As the dominoes begin to fall, As the climate feedback mechanisms in the planet begin to kick in, each domino that falls knocks over a bigger domino, which knocks over a yet bigger domino. It appears that there may be as many as 50 feedback loops in swing right now, which means we face an abrupt climate collapse scenario. Those in power are acutely aware of this, and they are playing every card they have at their disposal, and those cards are not hard to see if you have your eyes wide open get to more of that in a moment. Next headline. Collapsing environments translates to collapsing food supplies. This report from last week. Unprecedented salmon declines force fish donations to Alaska's Yukon River villages. As I read an excerpt from this report, keep in mind we're talking about the mecca of former commercial salmon fishing. From this report, communities up and down the Yukon are coming to terms with a collapse in key salmon stocks and now confronting the prospect of a winter without enough food. Tribal groups working in the region say the situation is dire and are scrambling to find alternative ways to get protein and assistance to some of the most rural households in the state. If these indigenous people can't even catch enough salmon for their sustenance, do you think there's going to be any salmon sitting on the grocery store shelf? Anything other than the most toxic food in the world, which is farmed salmon? I would never eat that, ever. I would starve to death first. If you don't know how toxic farmed salmon is... Investigate. You won't like what you find. More headlines of heat on planet Earth. If the hardiest species are boiled alive, this is a headline. What happens to humans? Question mark. I think that answer is easy to fill in. No environment, no habitat, no humans. Very simple. The June heat wave, this is from recent statistics, caused billions of deaths. This is a follow-up on a report covered earlier in this broadcast. Then the report states it could lead to the collapse of the region's maritime ecosystems. There's no could, there's no may, no might. It's already happening. It's here. But the climate engineers, as already stated, will do their best to mask the true severity of planetary meltdown by engineering sensationalized winter weather events whenever and wherever they can. On that note, this follow-up headline about Brazil. Seeing snow for the first time, Brazilians revel in IC SNAP. Report states unusually cold weather in Brazil has already sent international prices for coffee and sugar higher. Covered part of this in previous broadcasts. The, the same scenario is continuing as the climate engineers are nucleating whatever moisture they can, chemically nucleating it, creating these surface cool downs with highly toxic engineered frozen material. We tested snow on the side of Mount Shasta in Northern California. Two seasons ago, it was the first snow of the year. The ambient temperatures had not dropped below 30 degrees yet. And even so, the frozen material on the ground was 15 degrees. How is that frozen material 15 degrees colder than the coldest ambient temperature yet recorded that year, because it's chemically nucleated, is not a naturally nucleated element, it has very different characteristics than a naturally nucleated snow, and many people are beginning to finally notice this. Next headline from last week, in drought plague northern Mexico, tens of thousands of cows are starving to death. That's from the LA Times and other sources. The report states, two years of extreme drought, it's not two years, it's been many, many more years have turned large stretches of northern Mexico into a boneyard. Between starvation and ranchers forced to prematurely sell or slaughter their livestock, officials say the number of cattle, for example, in Sonora, has dropped from 1.1 million to about 635,000, almost in half. Again, the I'm not condoning any of the border practices that are ongoing right now, but what I am saying is let's call these people what they are. They are refugees. They're not just looking for a better gig somewhere. They're trying to survive. They're literally trying to survive, and it's going to get worse. And U.S. intervention throughout Central America has been ongoing for decades under the guise of the drug war, fumigating crops, legitimate crops throughout Central America, destroying farmers. I'm sad to say that very few Americans know anything about any of this. The controllers have so many ways and means to control food supplies, to control populations, but all of them go back to the same source, back to the havoc being wrought on the environment from the climate engineering operations. Another headline from last week. Smoke from Siberian wildfires has reached the North Pole. That's a key headline. Let me weave that into the bigger picture. First, this excerpt from the report. Siberian wildfires are so extreme that they've sent smoke streaming to the North Pole. And the plume is expected to reach Canada later this week. And for those that believe the constantly blotted out skies over regions plagued by record drought and wildfires are just smoke canopies, guess again, jet aircraft particulate dispersions are routinely occurring directly over continent-wide smoke canopies. GeoengineeringWatch.org has recorded this in specific cases like the Paradise Fire. Massive blanket aerosol spraying jet aircraft dispersing aerosols directly over the smoke canopy, on film and on the record. What are they spraying and why? Why? The same operations are occurring over cloud canopies in other regions of the country and the world that are being deluged. Is it rational to blindly believe that whatever the climate engineers are spraying is in our best interest? How could anyone possibly believe such a conclusion at this point? For our newest AM and FM listeners around the country, listen carefully to this one-minute audio tape of the world's second most recognized geoengineer, Dr. Ken Caldera, describing his resume, describing what he did for the U.S. Department of Defense. He works for Bill Gates now, but listen carefully to him in his own words describing what he was engaged in while working for the U.S. government in the Department of Defense. Here it is. Well, I used to
0: work at Lawrence Livermore sort of National Lab, and I once participated in a meeting where we all sat around the room and thought about how could we manipulate geophysical systems to use it as a weapon. The meeting was about weaponizing geophysical interventions. That means, you know, could you somehow interfere in Earth functioning in a way that you could use it as a military weapon? Could you change climate? Could you what could you do in terms of manipulating the sort of Earth's physical Systems come to as a weapon. Well, you know, some of the ideas well, were okay, we could maybe we could blow up hydrogen bombs, you know, underwater offshore and make a tidal wave that would go over a city. And, you know, the result was, well, isn't it easier just to drop the hydrogen bombs on the city? You know, that, that, there are, now you could imagine though, say, putting pathogens in a cloud, mm. let the cloud, uh, you know, go over somewhere and then it would rain down on your enemy
1: and create you know do chemical or term warfare in this kind of way let's take a moment to summarize what dr Kin caldera just stated what he described as what he did for the u.s military was to find ways of utilizing Earth's geophysical systems, i.e. the weather and or seismic activity, to wage war on innocent populations. And then he went on to say, he also worked on methods of seeding clouds with pathogens to infect the populations below. And consider who this individual now works for, Bill Gates. So again, I ask, exactly what? Are the climate intervention jet aircraft seeding over now constant smoke canopies in some parts of the country and other parts of the country and the world now constant canopies of increasingly unnatural cloud cover? And again, this question, is it even remotely rational to think the controllers have our best interest in mind? I think not. Another headline from last week, climate change is battering farmers with a new plague, ticks. Experts warn that severe cases of Lyme disease are increasing rapidly. Lyme disease, let's plug this into the equation. Let's plug this into the kind of work Mr. Kim Caldera did for the U.S. military, and who knows what he's doing for Bill Gates, who's releasing half a billion mosquitoes with who knows what and what else they're releasing in the environment. Is the tick scenario part of that type of release as well that we're not being told about? How can we know? How can we possibly know? In regard to the ticks, consider this book title, Lab 257, The Disturbing Story of the Government's Secret Plum Island Germ Laboratory. I have read this book. What it discloses, with verifiable references, is shocking to the core. An excerpt from this summary, in the shadow of New York City lies an unimposing 840-acre island unidentified on most maps. On the few on which it can be found, Plum Island is marked red or yellow and stamped U.S. Government Restricted or Dangerous Animal Diseases. Lab 257. Read it for yourself and consider what your government does behind the curtain. And for the record, am I in any way condoning any other government? Absolutely not. But whatever other governments do, How does that excuse what our government and military is engaged in on a scale that is far larger than any other military machine? Bouncing back to current events, consider all that we have already covered. Unfolding biosphere collapse, the power structure's acute awareness of biosphere collapse, and the various examples of covert warfare that are waged on unknowing populations. More puzzle pieces from businessinsider.com. Centers for Disease Control says fully vaccinated people spread the Delta variant and should wear masks. They then state this new science is, quote, worrisome. Another headline, same theme. The CDC, Centers for Disease Control, updated its guidelines last week to recommend masks indoors even for vaccinated people again. Another headline last week. Health Canada recalls masks containing graphene as it assesses risks to people. From that report, Health Canada has issued a recall on disposable masks containing a material made of tiny particles it says could pose a danger if inhaled. There's no could, no may, no might. Search graphene toxicity. You won't like what you find. The masks have been used, the report states, in schools and daycares by adults and children alike. Just an accident, I'm sure. Another headline, the Delta variant makes it easier for vaccinated people to transmit the virus, the CDC has now stated. Fires just keep getting stoked. But don't worry. The CDC tells us, they assure us, quote, that the vast majority of transmission, the vast majority of severe disease, hospitalization, and death is almost exclusively, they say, happening among the vaccinated people. While well, keeping in mind the CDC claim, which I just covered, that, quote, the vast majority of transmission is from the unvaccinated, now consider this new headline from CNBC corporate media which states the CDC Centers for Disease Control study shows that 74% of people infected in Massachusetts COVID outbreak were fully vaccinated. Further, the new data published in the U.S. agency's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report also found that fully vaccinated people who get infected carry as much of the virus in their nose as unvaccinated people and thus could spread it to other individuals. Of course they can. None of this story fits together in any rational sense. It is becoming more transparent by the day for any who choose to fully open their eyes. And we all need to do so quickly because we are rapidly running out of time. So consider that the CDC's own story makes clear that in Massachusetts, the vast majority of new infections were, in fact, the vaccinated, not the unvaccinated. Another headline from last week, I'm not trusting the government. New Yorkers explain why they refuse to get vaxxed. Question, why would anyone doubt The fascist criminal cabal that masquerades as our government. Does that question even deserve an answer? Another headline, breaking. FDA to add warning to J and J vaccine of quote serious, but they say rare autoimmune disorder. Question, define rare. Rare in whose opinion? The report goes on to state the US Food and Drug Administration will announce a new warning on Johnson Johnson COVID vaccine, saying the shot is linked to Julian Barr syndrome. The agency added a warning about blood clotting disorders to the J&J shot. Now, keep all this in mind as we cover this next headline. VAERS website, that's the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, was taken offline after the number of COVID vaccine-distributed deaths listed on the site reached 11,405. How convenient for this data to go offline. Everyone needs to stop, stand back, and consider that the power structure controls the entire narrative. In the medical industrial complex, in the media complex, they control the narrative. And they're doing their best to suppress anything that doesn't support their narrative. Always keep that in mind. And it's getting worse by the day. More headlines. Same subject. Vaccines for kids likely to get green light in upcoming school year. That's from the Surgeon General. Another headline, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin to make COVID vaccine mandatory for all active duty troops. How desperate they are to make sure everyone rolls up their sleeve. And governments around the globe, all operating off the same sheet of music with CV-19 and climate intervention operations. Another headline from across the pond, protesters rage in Paris against health passports. It's all about control and all ultimately connected to unfolding and accelerating biosphere collapse. Another headline, same theme. Millions are put into lockdown in China as the country tries to contain quote, most extensive COVID-19 outbreak since Wuhan. Another headline. In Sydney, Australia, soldiers are sent in to enforce lockdown. That's from the UK Daily Mail and other sources. Same scenario. Soon coming to a location near you. We are free-falling towards a Mad Max scenario, or far worse, perhaps more comparable to the post-apocalyptic scenario portrayed in the film The Road. But in all these, or most of these, post-apocalyptic films, somehow the environment is still intact. And that is not going to be the case in the reality that we are staring down at this moment. Our past reality is gone. It is not Coming back. The sooner that is faced, the more chance we have of salvaging something. The longer the former illusion is clung to, the further we fall into the abyss. We need to wake up now while there's still something left to salvage. And the controllers are doing everything they can, again, to feed normalcy bias, to feed mass distraction, societal division, to take the population's eyes off of the wider horizon. And about that wider horizon, again, the climate intervention operations are wreaking havoc with Earth's life support systems, not for any benevolent purpose. These programs are completely malevolent. They are a form of weather warfare. And because of the toxic elements being used, certainly must be considered a form of biological warfare. And why wouldn't they use the same atmospheric dispersion platforms for distributing whatever they want. Because they can. Because there's no one to stop them. There's no regulations, there's no oversight. And we still have the whole of academia pretending that this isn't going on in our skies. How absurd and insane is this entire picture? As mentioned at the beginning of this broadcast, in a moment excerpts from an interview with a geoengineering insider, his information, his perspectives and conclusions are far beyond sobering. Stay tuned. First, I want to express my deepest gratitude to each and every individual that's doing their best to stay informed, to wake others with credible data from a credible source, and in doing so, helping to turn the tide of insanity. Thank you for making your voices heard in this most critical effort to sound the alarm. It is our collective actions that can yet make a difference. This is Dane Wigington. You're listening to the Global Alert News Hour, episode number 313, August 7th, 2021. This is the bad news broadcast, but it's critically important information that covers the issues we must face if we're to have any chance of changing course. This non-political, commercial-free, frontline news broadcast is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org and paid for by geoengineeringwatch.org. This news hour is broadcast on AM and FM stations in Northern California, Washington State, on the East Coast, in Alabama, Chicago, San Antonio, Texas, Tampa, Florida, San Francisco, Sacramento, San Diego, and now in Portland, Oregon, Denver, Colorado, and Columbus, Ohio. I want to express my deepest gratitude to those that have helped geoengineeringwatch.org expand our voice to so many major locations. Those that have helped in this effort know who they are. If you know of any radio source that might be willing to help us further expand the Global Alert News broadcast, please let us know at geoengineeringwatch.org. Our only goal is to sound the alarm while it can still make a difference. Recordings of this broadcast can be found at geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent top stories and radio sections. The latest geoengineeringwatch.org awareness-raising materials can be ordered from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for our approximate cost of producing and shipping. Our color glossy flyers and booklets are packed with shocking satellite images, documents, patents, photos of the retrofit spray nozzles mounted on climate engineering aircraft. The list goes on and on. Again, our only goal is to sound the alarm as effectively and efficiently as possible. On that note, the recently completed geoenginewatch.org documentary on climate engineering titled The Dimming conclusively proves climate engineering operations are ongoing. This groundbreaking documentary is now posted on the top center of the geoengineeringwatch.org homepage. Please, help us to overcome social media censorship and to expose the insanity in our skies by sharing the link to this groundbreaking documentary that fully exposes the ongoing climate engineering onslaught. Sharing the link for the documentary directly from the geoengineeringwatch.org homepage through email helps us to overcome the attempt of the controllers to censor the dimming documentary and geoengineeringwatch.org data. About the near term... Existential threat posed by Earth's rapidly collapsing ozone layer. Geoengineering Watch just posted an ozone layer collapse report titled UVC Radiation, the Sterilization of Planet Earth. In this report, a former NASA contract engineer that conducts UV metering for geoengineeringwatch.org issues an incredibly dire warning to the world. The report can be viewed from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org under the Recent and Top Stories sections. Back to the front line of the battle. On this broadcast, several years ago, I have previously reported on a number of excerpts from a Geoengineering Insider interview titled Deep Shield. Many of the database conclusions cited in this exchange are now nearing a conclusion. Since this broadcast is now being aired in many more cities around the country, with many listeners that are just waking up to the climate engineering operations, additional data contained in this broadcast is essential to disclose. The information in this exchange is complex articulate, and scientifically accurate in regard to specific, verifiable points mentioned. This being said, we must also consider that this is the view of an insider, one that has accepted the rationale of the spraying. There is an epidemic of big-picture blindness that is rampant in the circles of government scientists. They are all, quote, compartmentalized. They carry out their work In a bubble. The rationalization of those involved with the spraying programs is all too evident. Their lack of knowledge regarding the overall consequences of the programs they have helped to orchestrate is also shockingly obvious. Military industrial serving scientists have been well trained to believe that it is not only man's right to interfere with nature, but his duty. It is this kind of thinking that has put us on the current course of mathematically certain near-term planetary omnicide. This disclosure of insider information first took place in early 2003. In September of 2004, Deep Shield committed suicide in his home in the Emeryville, Berkeley, Oakland area of California. The method used was to run a hose from his car's exhaust pipe into the closed car in his garage. His wife found the body. She says that there was no suicide note. The police did not pursue this death as a homicide because it was, as far as they were concerned, a clear-cut case of suicide. Excerpts from the Homestead interview, Deep Shield. Keep in mind, you're listening to the perspectives of an insider who was convinced that the climate engineering insanity was benevolent and necessary. However, based on all available data to date... Both notions were merely rationalizations. Climate engineering operations are nothing short of weather warfare. First question in this exchange If the spraying is to mitigate global warming, why does so much of it take place at night? Deep shield responds. Though it would appear that the dispersal rate of the spray is fast, it actually takes much longer to disperse and to be an effective shield. There is a desired concentration being sought, one that is thick enough to stem the UV and the infrared, again, which is horrifically bad at this point. Review the GeoengineWatch.org just posted re- update on the UVC bombarding the surface. Deep Shield continues, while being thin enough to allow visible light through, a perpetual cloud cover would have disastrous effects on plant life. The food chain thus disrupted would soon collapse. The desired effect wanted is a thin cover that would theoretically create a daytime haze that allows plenty of sunshine while providing protection from UV radiation and also reflect enough infrared to maintain nominal temperatures. Can you imagine the insanity of... The military-industrial complex thinking that they could actually intervene in these inconceivably complex systems of the planet without wreaking havoc on the entire web of life, it is unbridled insanity deep shield continues with this barium and aluminum and other trace elements are far heavier than air and they sink rather rapidly the different temperatures between day and night causes massive volumes of air to rise during the night the warm air trapped at the surface rises above the cooling air above by strategically spraying in certain areas at night we get the advantage of rising air which not only pushes the material higher but also causes the material to disperse into a thin layer The insider continues with this. Barium and aluminum work together to diffuse and strengthen an electrical charge, somewhat like the current produced when acid is introduced between two dissimilar metals, such as iron, as iron and copper. There are military applications for everything you can think of. Next question. What other military programs are in place involving the spraying of barium, and what are their purposes? Do you know and understand the chemical makeup of the element? Deep Shield states this to that question. A little knowledge will go a long way to understand the need to use barium. Barium is often used in barium nickel alloys for spark plug electrodes and in vacuum tubes as a drying and oxygen removing agent. He then states, barium oxidizes in air and it reacts vigorously with water to form the hydroxide, liberating hydrogen. In most air, it may spontaneously ignite. It bursts in air to form the peroxide, which produces hydrogen peroxide when treated with water. Barium reacts with almost all of the nanometals, All of its water-soluble and acid-soluble compounds are poisonous. Barium carbonate is used in glass as a pottery glaze and as rat poison. Consider them using the atmosphere as a physics lab and thinking somehow that this is in any way benevolent. Deep Shield then continues with this, to understand the use of radio waves in the shield, one first understands how ozone is created. I cannot stress to you how dire the situation really is. Yes, he is correct on that, and it has gotten exponentially worse since he stated this as our new update at geoengineeringwatch.org makes clear with our recent metering. Deep Shield then states, the shield acts like one plate of the electrode. When excited with specific radio wave frequencies, it produces an opposite charge to stratospheric layers, producing low atmosphere to stratosphere lightning, creating ozone where it is needed. How well is all that working out? Not so much, is it? Now that we see that we are on the cusp of near term planetary omnicide. Next question for Deep Shield is this What purpose do polymer threads embedded with the biological material serve in this scenario? Deep Shield responds Polymers are part of the mixture and they do form in threads and in tufts. The idea is simple and comes to us from the spider. As you may know, spider webbing is very light. For those that don't know, to our new listeners, Polymer fibers are part of the climate engineering mix, and he is explaining why they are used right now. And there are many landscapes on which system malfunctions have blanketed the landscape with these fibers, which local officials then blamed on spiders. And unless spiders are making their webs out of aluminum, barium, and polymers, these are not spider webs. We have tested some of this material, and we don't know what biologicals may also be contained on these materials. But this is Deep Shield explaining why polymers are used in this mix. He continues... Most of the elements used in this spray mix are heavier than air. Even in their powdered form, they are heavier and will sink quickly. Mixing them with the polymers suspends the particles in the atmosphere high above the surface for longer periods of time. Therefore, in theory, we do not need to spray as often or as much material. Since the suspended particles eventually do settle into the lowest part of the atmosphere, according to polymer chemists that are communicated with, the descent time can be as fast as 12 to 24 hours. That's not very long. That's why they have to spray so consistently and horrifically. Deep Shield continues that these settle to the lowest part of the atmosphere and are inhaled By all life forms on the surface, there is an attempt, he states, to counter the growth of mold by adding to the mixture mold growth suppressants, some of which may be of biological material. How is this not biological warfare in addition to weather warfare when those in power think they can do or spray or expose us to whatever they want? And that's exactly what they're doing. Deep Shield then states this. Mold comes in spores that travel on the winds and the polymers can attract the mold spores through static charges created by the friction of the polymer threads and the atmosphere. Add a bit of warmth and moisture and mold begins to grow. The polymer is stored in a liquid form as two separate chemicals. When sprayed, they combine behind the jet aircraft, spinning long polymer chains. That's or, those are threads. Much experimentation has been done with the chemical matrix in past years. Many polymers are non biodegradable, thus add to the problem of pollution. Various formulas have been used, some of which even use biological agents. Is it any wonder the polymers are showing up everywhere around the globe from the the polar regions to the top of Mount Everest? Is it any wonder at all and still we have academia pretending these programs are not going on. I'm not denying the decaying of plastics in the environment, but this form of dispersion is ubiquitous all over the globe and it is not being acknowledged by academia. Next question for Deep Shield is this: If these programs are being carried out for the benevolent reasons you have cited, then why are other chemicals being used? Why are different sprays being used? Question mark. Deep Shield response: Correcting the ecological damage that mankind has done has never been done before. We are relatively new to this notion of terraforming on a real scale, and that is what we are doing, terraforming. We are trying to recreate the ideal life-sustaining conditions on a dying planet. We have never done this before, not intentionally. We are testing and trying different methods. Granted, if we do nothing, 89% of all species will go extinct, and humanity stands a high chance of not surviving through two more generations or less, he states. However, the idea of two billion casualties, death, and permanent injury is not as easy to swallow either. 2 billion. That's what their estimate is of those affected by these programs. A grand and lethal global experiment without any public knowledge or consent. Deep Shield then states this several attempts to improve the application of shielding material and getting the most out of each application are taking place all the time. The combined resources of the nations of Earth are not enough to allow constant spraying. Though we have achieved a high level of technology, there is a great surface area that needs to be covered nearly daily. He then states, the shield would work best if it was a single thin layer without interruption. However, due to the movement of air, weather patterns, and the fact that we do not have the means to place ample amounts of material at the same level at the same time, we are getting small a small fraction of the effectiveness from our application. Next question for Deep Shield is this. Why is spraying found before storm fronts? Is it to cause drought? Question mark. Deep Shield states, before a storm, there is a front. The front clears the air before a storm, pushing particulate matter ahead of it, leaving a space relatively clear of particulate matter. UV radiation levels rise in these areas, sometimes to dangerous levels. The shield must be maintained since barium absorbs water as well as carbon. Barium is a desiccant. Precipitation has been affected. That's an understatement, isn't it? He continues, other kinds of sprays are in development and testing, which may reduce the effects on precipitation. DeepShield then states, quote, this is a new technology we are working with. It is still in its infancy, although at the point of this interview, it had already been going on for over a half century, and there are some problems with it. That is a gross understatement. This is the single most destructive human activity on the planet at this time, but it shows the sort of rationalization that goes on within so-called science circles in the military-industrial complex. They rationalize whatever it is they want to do. Final question asked of Deep Shield to be covered in this broadcast. Here's the question. What about the reports of sickness after spraying? Deep Shield responds. There are several causatives for this. Some people are more sensitive to the toxic heavy metals, while others are more sensitive to the polymer chemicals. As stated in a previous email, Deep Shield cites, people will get sick and some will die. It is estimated that two billion worldwide, he cites the same figure, will be affected to some degree by the spraying. And then he finishes with this. Without the spraying, we have a 90% chance of becoming extinct as a species within the next 20 years. He made that statement in 2003, 18 years ago. In the next installment of Global Alert News, the conclusion of this insider interview, starting with this question, what is the relationship between the atmospheric spraying programs and one world order? Those in power have long since been preparing for what they knew was coming, but biosphere collapse has beat them to the intersection. Thus, the warp speed fanaticism that is now the theme of the day. If it's not yet clear, consider: global coordination is absolutely already occurring and has been for a very long time on core threats like the entire CB19 scenario and climate intervention operations. All is connected. All is interwoven. All is inseparable. All is being perpetrated by the same central core of power and control. Are we too? to make a difference answer how can we ever know unless we try with every fiber of our being no matter what comes there is victory in the unshakable solace that comes with knowing one never yielded to the fading of the light imagine if a critical mass of populations summoned the courage to face the gathering insanity head-on What a formidable force that would be. If all those that are participating in the insanity, either actively or passively, summon the courage to stand down from the immoral dictates, the course of our common destinies would be altered. Those in power are not gods, they're not invincible, and we, the 99.9%, are absolutely not helpless, unless we choose to be so. The sand in the hourglass is running down by the day. This battle cannot be fought without an army of the awakened. Reaching a critical mass of awareness is the first and most critical leap we can make in the right direction. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of GeoengineeringWatch.org to learn specific details on how you can help to turn the tide. Make your voice heard, make every day count. Until next week, stay safe, stay strong. This is Dane Wigington with GeoengineeringWatch.org.